1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 256 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolf 77 Club <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. No OS. It's Sam's fault this week that we're late. Uh, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. We're everywhere. 77 Club, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. We're everywhere and nowhere, baby. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Good evening, gentlemen. And Dan Bayliss is here, who looks like, I think Jack said, uh, a World War II pilot because he's got a terrible moustache. I think he looks like Dick Dastardly, but he's always been halfway towards that name. It's Dan Bayliss. (laughs) I can't laugh like Muttley, but uh, good evening, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Sorry I'm late. Absolute nightmare. Um, Commuter Updates is now the name of our WhatsApp group. Uh, Me and Bayliss were being very difficult, but... Uh, On the way to work for me, it was uh, cows that were causing a crash. And on the way back, I have no idea. Um, But we are here now and that's all that matters. Um, Harry, we're going to start with Sheffield United at home. Uh, A first Premier League win for us this calendar year, which is very, very nice. Um, We're up to eighth in the table. And we sort of said, didn't we, last week that we didn't want to mention the E word too much, which was Europe, but it's the one on everyone's lips now. Not only the E word, we mentioned the W word later. <laughs> no, it's this game, it's very forgettable, the Sheffield United one. I've almost forgot everything that happened because second half, especially, was a massive blur. Um, it just felt like not much happened apart from us hanging on at the end. And yeah, it was one of those. We went into it worrying, didn't we? Thinking we wouldn't be able to get the job done because classic Wolves. We tend to struggle against teams that sit back and we're favourites against, i.e. Brentford, where we lost 2-0. But we got the job done. Wasn't very convincing. 
was cold. It was a flat atmosphere. It was uh, everything, but we got the three points. Off the back of that Spurs win, we had to get the three points, and we did, and thank God we did. Um, but on another day, Sheffield United had players that could finish, especially two of their counter-attacks they had. It could have been a totally different story, but the main thing is we got the job done. Um, Jack, we've now won as many Premier League matches, which is 11 this season, uh, after 26 games played, um, which is more now, I think, than the entirety of the last campaign. It certainly came quicker. And in the previous two seasons, it took 25 matches and 23 matches. So does it show what kind of a job that Gary O'Neill is doing, especially when we we look at the one that Lopetegui finished the end of last season? I mean, yeah, it's... it's, uh... It's an incredible, incredible achievement, isn't it, really, when you look at it, considering where we were at the start of the season and, you know, how we were all in disarray, really. We were all completely, myself included, I was completely demoralised leading up um, to the to the week of the season when Lopetegui went and when Gary O'Neill came in. Very underwhelming appointment at short notice, but it, there's very little he's doing wrong at the moment. It seems like he's the, the man with the Midas touch. And these are the sort of games that... On paper, somebody who doesn't watch Wolves very much would look at the table and think, God, that's a banker on your accumulator, isn't it? Like, home win, no danger. Sheffield United got done five the week before, you know, home banker. But we are the kings of it not ever working out that way. We are the Robin Hood, aren't we, of, uh, of, uh, of Premier League football teams. Well, it's a <laughs> well, we take points off the good teams and give them to the crap teams. And, you know, as you saw away at their place earlier in the season, it was never going to be a formality. But... One good sign you can have of a good team is winning games when you're not playing particularly well. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen probably, you know, two examples of that in the last in the last few days and, you know, clean sheets as well in the process. But it, yeah, it, it was an underwhelming performance, but I'm glad we got the goal. Second half, it got a little bit worrying, didn't it? And I, I agree with what Harry said that if if we were up against a better Prem team, they would have come in and done done us and at least scored against us. But luckily, you know, we were we were Sheffield United on that day and you can see straight away why they're going down because their finishing was awful. And I think they I, I still think now that their free kick opportunity they had in the second half from a really promising position is one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I don't I don't even know what they were trying to do then, but they've just tried to hit you've got to at least try and hit the target or something from that angle, but they just try and I don't know, play across instead, but way too hard and it goes straight out of play. And those are the reasons really when you're looking at why I think that they are they are doomed. But you know, we got the job done. It was underwhelming. It wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day the three points is all that mattered because you know, jumped us up to, um, what, eighth temporarily. Captain Darling, let's go on to Bayliss. Uh, like Jack says, you know, we've always found it difficult to break those kind of teams down. Is it still a concern or, or do you think getting the job done is the most important thing, but we, we, we've found a way without being that positive about it? Just do the job, right? We have not performed against teams below us the entire season other than Brentford away where we battered them and maybe the Everton game at home where it was far too comfortable. I I think on the on the whole, Wolves did the job and that's all that really matters. It wasn't convincing in the slightest and they had their chances, but from a lot of disappointing results against teams below us, you take that and I've, I've got no problem with it. I... Yeah, we were dodgy at times, but if you look at it on the whole, we did a professional performance. We got the goal. We did the job. We shut up shop. Yes, they had chances, but 
they they are god awful. And another day we'd have been shit housed one nil and lost. So I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Um, Harry, the stat that surprised me the most, well, actually, the thing that surprised me the most was Sarabia scoring a header. Um, secondly, <laughs> that this this is the the game where Ryan Aitnori got his first league assist of the season um, in what was his first big chance created of the campaign. So he'd gone 55 league matches without providing an assist for Wolves. Um, but an exquisite ball into the box and just very well-placed Sarabia for the header. That, Sam, those stats, I did not know those. They are incredible. Considering yeah. how influential he feels on the pitch and how much he seems to create, <laughs> maybe he creates the, the, the move just before the actual assist or goal, yeah. But yeah, to be honest, weaker foot as well. A great cross, um, great header too. But I thought Aitnori was pretty decent on the day, actually. Not just with that assist. And wow, what a stat. And Sarabia, I think I actually said post-match, thinking back, I think I said Sarabia was our man of the match, but... It was a tough pick, really. I think he was trying to make things happen. Neto didn't really turn up on the day from memory. And as I say, the second half was dog-awful. Like, I can't really... Uh, apart from Dawson at the end, maybe, he made a few vital clearances with his headers. It was just one of them. Another bad day at the office, but this time we got the three points. And yeah, mad stat for eight Nori, that, mate. Great, great you pulled that out. Never knew that. It's, um, Jack, one of, one of those things at WFC... Jonah says, we've lost when we've played well this season like United away. Sometimes it will be the other way around. Grinding out the result is important. Um, but it was edgy, wasn't it, towards the end? And I think the crowd was sort of giving off that, um, I almost call it negative, but more nervous energy because you just know how important that three points is in terms of where the season goes from here. Yeah, there's always going to be games like that. I mean, you, you look at even the top teams, there's days that they, they don't turn up and you, you know, as I said, just a sign of the really good teams is that they they pick up points even when they're not playing well or win games when they're not playing well. Um, so yeah, you know, what goes around comes around, I suppose. And we've been on the uh, the receiving end of a, of a few, you know, not just VAR decisions, but you know, occasions where we deserve something from the game, which we probably didn't get anything. So yeah, I'm happy to to take them when they come. But you know, Sheffield United fans on the on the other side of that will be thinking they probably should have taken something from that game. And that you know, I think when you look at the chances they had, they probably should have, but it's their shooting and you know if you come up into this league it's hard enough that you have to you have to take your chances when they come and you have to score and if you don't score enough goals and you just go straight back down and that's what's going to happen in it so I don't know Jack we did the exact opposite at their place and we ended up losing to a dodgy penalty in the last minute so well, they say when they when well when they say oh it, it evens itself up over the season, Bayless. This it, sort of might be a, a little bit of a a case of that, but it it is mostly from their poor showing rather than anything that officials are doing. Yeah, that's why they're going down. They were they're their chances, and they just can't get close to scoring a goal. So that's why the bottom of the league. That's why they'll stay bottom of the league until the end of the season. But you think that's it for you haven't seen enough to great escape well, it? Wolves, no, good, good God, no, they're absolutely terrible. But Wolves weren't great, but we did everything we needed to. And the goal itself was a very good goal. If Wolves had have played well and scored that style of goal, you'd have been raving about it. So oh. nothing wrong with it for my side. All that mattered really about Sunday was the three points, to be honest. And if we do have ambitions are finished in the top half or maybe even better than that and pushing for those European places. It's all well and good beating Spurs, beating Chelsea. But if you do like we did against Brentford at home and then lose those sort of games, then 
it's not going to count for anything really it's going to have give you some good days on the way and some you know memorable victories but at the end of it you're still going to be mid-table and one thing we have got coming up is if you look at our fixture list particularly our home games we're playing quite a lot of teams in our running that are technically below us in the league now um so for most for most uh, clubs you think oh you know that's a fairly favorable running but it doesn't work that way for us it's it can often be the opposite so anything that we can do to you know, get a few results against these teams at home. You know, I, we're not going to go and start dicking teams four or five nil like, you know, Man City might do. Anything we can do which shows we're improving in these sorts of games and being better at breaking teams down and then ultimately shutting them out because the defence lately is, is, the, is the positive, I think, from, from the last, you know, week or so overall. Um, then, then that's a good sign and that, that's what we need to start doing because we've got to back up those really big, memorable wins against teams, you know, where we're overperforming a little bit by following it up with a less glamorous games at me I think it's uh, more Har- like gut and grit mean a lot in football and when you get on a run you tend to follow it through and that's what Wolves are doing at the moment we've had a couple of bad games but all in all since what November Christmas we've been pretty consistent and that hasn't shown Brentford was a bit of a blip but otherwise I think we've been reasonably good so whereas old Wolves of old would have gone beat Tottenham, lose to so-and-so, back and forth, back and forth. We have been reasonably consistent. I think that is the difference. That's why I'm so confident about what we're going to go on to in about 10 minutes. Um, well, shorter than that. Um, Harry, let's just finish off that with the man in the match. You, you mentioned Sarabia. Are you sticking with that? Yeah, I think it's between Sarabia and Dawson on the day. Like I say, it it's not an easy pick because of our performance, but I'll stick with Sarabia, yeah. Jack? <laughs> can't really remember like you say as soon as you've watched another game which was you know very similar three days later you kind of forget everything that happened on it but um oh uh, yeah Sarabia why not he scored uh, do we have a clean sweep of Sarabias I was actually gonna go Dawson I thought he was very solid at the back when it got a bit ropey so Dawson Dawson okay um Harry let's turn our attention to FA Cup action we've knocked another Albion out of the FA Cup how exciting uh, it's just what we do this season. Um, now into the quarterfinals for only the third time, this make you feel old, third time this century reaching this stage of the competition, uh, previously 0203 and 1819, of course, and on the road to Wembley and the biggest disappointment ever, and I still can't bring myself to watch the highlights of that game. Um, but it was, again, a, a bitterly cold Wednesday night, Molyneux. <laughs> it's a bit of a theme of the season, isn't it? Do you know what? It, it weren't as cold as Sunday. <laughs> that was one bonus. It's a little bit warmer. But yeah, it was a bit a bit of a bizarre turn of events. Really. You, you turn up, the team comes out, and you're like, oh, Gary, really? Hopefully it's just down to fatigue. Obviously, Doherty in, Doyle in, Belgard in. Um, who was the other one? Santi Bueno for Dawson. But then you find out we've got Coventry. It come through uh, that we've got Coventry and everyone in the ground was like, oh my God, rename the team, please. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, we've got a proper go for it now. This is a huge opportunity. And But then before you know it, we go 1-0 up after two minutes. And I'm thinking, wow, this is uh, too good to be true. And all I can kind of say after that is, yes, we defended very well, but it was so stressful for the whole game. Brighton, obviously, a fantastic team. We've seen it twice already this season. Yeah. fantastic on the ball. It don't matter if they've got so many injuries. They've got loads of their best players out. But the way they play, their philosophy as a club, it's, it's a joy to watch, to be honest. I mean, the Brighton fans must love it. But 
we we did defend very well. Not much going on up top. I thought Huang Gi Chan had a very poor performance. Obviously, went off with an injury. And uh, Belgard, apart from doing really well for his goal, was a bit quiet. Neto and Sarabia did make a difference when they came on. I thought Neto should have scored, but just unbelievable defending. And I have been very, very critical of the Molyneux crowd. We only had 23,000 there last night, but the atmosphere was unbelievable the last 20 minutes. Kept yeah. singing the Gary O'Neill's Barmy Army song. And it was brilliant. It felt like a really, like, like a night to remember, really. So I think the crowd played a huge part in getting the players over the line. And now we've got to go and have our hearts, hearts broken again at Wembley, potentially. <laughs> I just want to, before we go on to the, the rest of that game, Jack, um, obviously we knew that we got Coventry. It was one of the first times that the, the draw's been, before the round of fixtures have been finished. What? How, does, how do you feel about knowing? Because I, I reckon the nervousness in the stadium and the atmosphere that it was then lifted was, I think, because it looked like a passage through to Wembley because we, we knew who we had and where we had them, obviously, in the next round. Yeah, I mean, as a general principle, I, I don't know why they've started doing it like this. I think you have to wait until pretty much every game is finished before you do the draw. I don't mind if there's like a, a Monday night game and they do it before the Monday night game when there's just like one left to play. But when you're just playing it after the, the first day of fixtures and you're doing it before the games rather than after, I, I, I just really don't understand whose bright idea that is really and, and, and who it benefits. But... Obviously, I, I wasn't there last night. I was a plastic sat on the sofa. So I was uh, watching the draw at seven o'clock. Um, and obviously, we came out first. I was like, straight away, that's us. That's us. And then I was just thinking, right, next ball out, just don't be number eight. Don't be number eight, which is Man City. And he said number seven. I, that took me a while to think. I was like, oh, God, it's Coventry. Like, that's that's the home to Coventry. It's the dream scenario is, yeah. from this draw. And we don't usually seem to get that lucky. I thought like Man City would be home to Coventry or something. That's usually the way it seems to go. But as soon as that ball came out, Ben, I think everyone's attitude towards the game changed because it's yeah. uh, just because, you know, no disrespect to Coventry, but from the, any of the other draws we could have got, it's the most favourable draw with the highest chance of us progressing to a semi-final. That's that's a fact. That's that's a fact. You can know, I you can't, piss, you can't argue can I piss with on leads. your chips? I mean, yeah. If you, um, if more chatted line the same time next week, but yeah, go for it. Um. Liverpool have been playing the kids. I would have rather had Liverpool at home now and got them out of the way before a semi or final. This fucking, That's this, just speaks loud and nonsense for everybody in my life. This won't play the kids what? next time. This club's exactly. kids thing is, is, is a bollocks anyway. It's complete horseshit. Like, they've got a couple of 19 and 20-year-olds and you're like, right, okay, so they're not... You know, if they were 16, 17 and doing the business, you think, right, okay. The average age that, of the team that finished against Chelsea in the League Cup final was older for Liverpool than it was for Chelsea. But there's this there's this media attention played to the fact that there's two Ks so you can do clops and kids and, and they seem to run with it. I just think it's complete nonsense. I just fancy us at the moment. I think if we went out against any of those teams at Molyneux, we've got half a chance, City being the anomaly. But yes, we've got a favourable draw. Yes, it gives us the best chance at Wembley. But I don't know. I've got this weird... Optimism, and I know that dreaming's for free and all that, but it it's just falling right. And I, I don't know. I'm going to get giddy about talking about Wembley again. <laughs> after after what is quite possibly one of the worst days in my life. The last time I went there, <laughs> well, no, it, it is the hope that kills, isn't it? Too fair. Um, Harry, let's let's concentrate on the game. Really early goal, and you know, aptly 
Lamine is clearly a fan of the show, scored on 77 seconds. Um, great move. Um, bit of a flat from the goalkeeper, but to be fair, even when he's lying on his ass, he seems to find the net. Yeah, that, that steal for them is usually quite reliable and he kind of dropped it to Nita Lamina and yeah weird he ended up on the floor and then Scissor kicked it in and fair play to Lamina we needed it because like I said especially first half after that goal we didn't offer much at all nothing was sticking up there it was like a 5-3-2 wasn't it with uh, Doyle, Gomez and Lamina which I don't you know I don't really see us do that much under O'Neill really with just the two up there but Balgard was kind of everywhere um, yeah, and there weren't much for a threat. It was dying out for a substitution uh, early in the second half, but I think Gary O'Neill wanted to wait. But good finish. Uh, Lamina loves it, doesn't he? He's such a, he's such a fan favourite. And I agree with one of the comments that was someone put a minute ago about how much we miss Cunha, like how much he used to stretch play and things like that. It was uh, very noticeable last night. That's yeah, Jonathan Clark. Yeah, I think last night highlighted how much we miss Cunha, not just in front of goal. He stretches the play, is an outpour for the f- defence and drags up the field. And I completely agree. And there was another one in here about um, Sarabia and the difference that he made when, when yeah. he came on as well. Um, yeah, the minute Sarabia came on, we started to link up. Play more shows his free role is vital to our build-up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so noticeable. And Neto, like I say, he nearly scored, didn't he? When his pace, just the outlet of his pace being there, should have done better. But yeah, he was back to the walls, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, it was a quick turnaround from the Sheffield United game. A bit of pressure on the game, but again, heroics, absolute heroics. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you watched it on telly, but the atmosphere was amazing in the ground. Um, so I don't know how it came across on telly. Yeah, but it sounded good. Hope, yeah. yeah, even against Coventry next up, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit, but hopefully Molyneux like that again. Because we, we can't have it, have this, we're going to win mentality because it could potentially be a banana skin. I know they're like ninth, but yeah, getting ahead of myself. But heroic defending. And uh, it was a much more enjoyable game than Sheffield United, put it that way, because of the atmosphere and obviously Brighton are a great team. You know what I mean? Brighton, they probably fancy themselves to win the cup. So to knock them out is a big feat, I think, really. You know, can't go unnoticed. A um, lot of love for Santi Bueno, Jack. Mm. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people saying that he's probably the the next in line when Dawson eventually hangs up his boots, obviously pushing towards his mid thirties, he's 34, isn't he Dawson? So um, looks like, well, look, looks a completely different player to the one that we saw playing at Ipswich, but I think the, the whole team and the manager can be put in that category. Yeah. Ipswich, I think we should probably just drop that now because everything that's happened since then has been, you know, really good. And how many minutes have Bueno even played before for the, for then for us in England? Like none. <laughs> so I think we can give him a break, but no, yeah, really good. I think uh, defensively, Everybody did really well. And when I was obviously come in, he's the one who sat on the bench at the moment, but he did look out of place really. If anything, he excelled and stood out, which is, uh, which is, uh, you know, really, really good option to have. And when he's come in recently as cover as well, when we've had, um, you know, players out, he's, 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 he's done well. So yeah, yeah, really pleased with it. It's, it's one of those games where, um, you know, we started quite brightly and then we knew that Brighton were going to start to come at us. The early goal did, you know, did really help. Um, but as it went on, you were just thinking, particularly as it got towards like the you know the second half of the first half, they was t- starting to turn the screw a little bit. 
Um, and as Harry said, I think uh, when the changes came on and Sarabia and Neto came on, it gave us a little bit of improvement for a bit, but not for not forever, for about 10 or 15 minutes. Huang, I didn't like, he may as well have not been playing because at, at half time I was like, what, what's he actually done? And I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm not sure if he's not fit. And the fact he kind of went off injured probably indicates he probably wasn't, but he's not looked great since he came back from um the Asia Cup has he um, but the one good thing I will say and if you look at it overall is it's an incredible defensive uh, defensive team performance and really if you're trying to for all the ball they had and all the, the worrying you know half half moments of you know possession they had apart from really oh shit moments oh god they're going to score here the I'm only one I think there was was the goalkeeper. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. was the goalkeeper with the very last kick. And as soon as that ball broke, I was yeah. like, "Oh god!" And well, I thought luckily, he was going to steal an equaliser. I mean, luckily, <laughs> it, it fell. It fell to a goalkeeper, and we got the finish of a goalkeeper, didn't we? Really? But <laughs> well, yeah. that was the only real moment where I was like, "Oh bloody hell!" Um, mm. I, I thought we were really in trouble. And apart from that, it was just you know really, really great composure from the team. We we stuck to our guns. We made it really difficult for them to to do what they do. And that is you know, do you not score. think they were poor? Do you not think Brighton were poor? In eight, uh, I mean, I think, I think, their I, overall play was decent. Just their finishing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of their tackling. Thought, off, it was. Oh, was the past final third, they were bad. But mm. the thing is, they're not a bad team. We know that. I think we we made them bad. And the same kind of thing happened in the away game there recently. Mm. Like we kept them out again. And mm. if anything, we created the better chances in that game, but they couldn't break us down. And the same things happened again. And to, to, to keep a, a team like Brighton out for two successive games after That's they impressive. did a four earlier in the season, I think you know, mm. it's a great achievement. And again, these, these last two games have not been the most glamorous, but they're certainly positives. And, as someone in the comments said earlier, these are games that we could have easily last season or under Bruno Large would have probably lost both of them. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, Neil says, just love the way that Jao Gomez lifted uh, Mario Lamina to, to celebrate his goal at full time. Nice to see that that squad is so united, isn't it, Bayliss? Mm-hmm. And you think compared to some of the faction factions that we maybe started to see under Large and maybe Lopetegui mended it a little bit, but then obviously had his favourites and fell out with players. So the unity is rather fantastic. Yeah, totally. I think since we utterly lost our shit after the Ipswich game, Wolves have been <laughs> unbelievable. And I, I think the whole point of all team sport is that if you want to play for your mates on the pitch and want to play for the club or the team or the manager or whatever it happens to be, if it's that unified feeling and there's some sort of synergy between people, it's a better experience for everyone. And that's what we're now seeing. Sorry, that was a bit prophetic, but if, there is something going on at Wall that is better than just 11 people playing football on a the pitch. They clearly give a shit. And we're now seeing it week in, week out. And I'm wholly optimistic. I don't know whether it's the manager or the people they've got in or there's been a bit of a change behind the scenes. Whatever happens to be, Wolves are a great side to watch and they're clearly enjoying it. Like Cunha was down on the touchline in his big white puffer jacket, hugging the players. Yeah. After the like a guy that's taken a knock could have been sat at home in the warm watching it on the telly mm-hmm. and he's there. Like they care. And that's what we asked for, right? <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. what we ask. More often than not, like we'll say, we we just want you to try. Was was usually what we say, and then we got spanked about six nil by Brighton. We we're like, you need to try, try, try a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, oh. um, Harry, somebody that's that's been there before and and done it with Wolves, and and obviously been as disappointed as we were as Matt Doherty. Yeah. Um, 
re-signed in the summer and I thought he is a safe pair of legs, isn't he? Um, came in, did the job. It, it, totally different kind of player to Semedo, which is kind of what you want. Um, offers that attacking threat. He's up the pitch a lot more. Um, and I imagine he probably feels like there's a little bit of unfinished business there. Definitely, yeah. I was, I was glad you brought him up because I was going to bring him up myself. Um, in the air, defensively, yesterday, he was brilliant. Like when we were hanging on at the end, Eddie, big deep balls to the back post, he was winning it, flicking it on. He was the outlet as well off the big goal kicks, winning the flick-ons out on the right. And he had a good game. He weren't like, outstanding, was he? Like Obviously, not much to do going forward, but he was safe and he was safe defensively and a bit of pressure on him because Samedo has been fantastic, hasn't he? Like I mentioned how good I thought he was at Spurs. So a bit of pressure on him. And yeah, he must be in the back of his mind, like the heartbreak of that semi-final. Obviously, he put us one nil up that day, didn't he, with the header mm-hmm. uh, off, the, it was off a corner, wasn't it? Or a free kick. Yeah. Um, so he'd be desperate to get back uh, another chance to crack at a semi-final if we can get there. And he might he might play, you never know, um, if he uh, decides to keep the some of the fringe players in for the cup run. But yeah, brilliant performance from Doherty. Uh, he's always reliable, isn't he? He's been reliable every time he's come in. You think of the Albion game, set up Neto, didn't he? Uh, for that counter-attack. And uh, yeah, brilliant performance from him. And Harry, Jack. when um, when Matt Doherty scores the winner to put us 2-1 up against City in the FA Cup <laughs> final, where at Molyneux do you build the Matt Doherty statue? Next to the Gary O'Neill <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. He'll do well to score from the bench, shouldn't he? <laughs> be a good position. Um, I think I always give Lopetegui a hard time because I think as soon as someone leaves the club, they're pretty much dead to me unless it's someone like Neves. Um, but James makes the, the comment saying last January's transfer window was arguably our best yet. And so some credit oddly does go to Lopetegui. And I think all the players that we're mentioning here, the, the Laminas, the Gomez, the Cunha, that you you got to give a, a little bit of respect, I suppose, to the man that said he didn't think he could get anything out of this squad. If, did he, if there did, is did calls, he have much though. involvement? Yeah, well, I think we, Cunha might have been. I think Cunha might have been. I could be wrong on that. But like, Jao Gomez wouldn't have been his call. Like, Babacar Traore, uh, Dawson, Lamina. I don't think any of those were Lopetegui's call. And as you've just mentioned, Sam, he didn't think they were good enough in the summer. So, he must be... Listen, and do you know what? what? Nobody's yeah. come running for his signature since... No. You know, no. but well, we can't talk too much because we were all crying at the fact he left. Yeah, I've listened back to our <laughs> podcast and we were all upset he left. So, but how things have changed and the players who have come in in that January, they're all our star men now. They are. So mm-hmm. I agree with that comment. It's it's certainly better the the January transfer window just gone and now, particularly with the injuries we've picked up and the great position we're in now. You know, on paper and with the cup run. I hope that we just don't fall short because of injuries. And it's looking like it's a real possibility. It's a real concern for me now, to be honest. Well, it out, could happen. You know, if, if Wang's out as well, as they said, it's hopefully not too serious, but we're, we're looking around and we're just really, really short on options, particularly in, in some really key positions, really, in forward players. So I hope that it's not... quarter final though. Yeah. yeah. Well, he'll be back after the international break, I think. That's no, so point. someone... Yeah, so the, the original... The, everyone was saying... He'd be back for Villa. But then on Instagram, someone put a comment, didn't they? Saying you'll be back for the quarterfinal, bro. I think he's way ahead of schedule with oh, his recovery okay. from his injury. So there is a chance he might be on the bench for the Coventry game. That's the rumour going around. He's obviously desperate to get back, but we can't do what we did with Neto and bring him back too soon. 
Yeah, well, you don't want to rush him back. But like, like Jack said, when you're thin on the ground and players are falling like flies, it, it sort of happens. Lang's miss Saturday, isn't he? Yeah, mm. you, you don't want to make it worse than it already is. You, and, you know, you can end up with a career like Kalajic. You know, it's just not it's just not worth it. Um, let's move on to Newcastle. Newcastle away. Uh, Harry, you're going on a coach, I believe. Mm. And on the, I'm glad so, I'm not walking. No, I, <laughs> it is a long way, and that is a fantastic segue. I've taught you well. Um, you've spoken to Manny. Uh, yeah. He is walking from from Molyneux to St James's Park. Um, how, how far is it? One hundred ninety-five mile. I, I thought it was two hundred and something. I thought it was. I thought it was a bit more than oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From Molyneux oh, to Jesus. the Bobby Robson statues, 195 miles. Wow. Okay, it's mad. Just to be honest, just before we come on, I've just seen some of his videos. He was up at 3.45 a.m. this morning, which is Thursday morning, for those who are listening at a later date. And he's still going at time of recording. He's still going for like another 45 minutes. So he's put in like a bloody 16-hour day or more today. I think he's up to 130 miles. And when I spoke to him, because he did Chelsea, didn't he? I think that took him two and a half days. And obviously he cycled to Liverpool. He said himself on the chat I did, if you haven't listened to it, he said himself, I think he's got a bit of a screw loose, which <laughs> I think I agree with too, because this is, God, like his, his feet, his back, his knees, he said he's strapping them all up. He must be in bits, but fair play to him. It's some challenge. And we've seen our fittiest, haven't we, lads? Remember that charity game? He was the fittest bloke yeah. on our team. Yeah. He's running yeah. rings around us and he's, yeah. we've got yeah. 20 years on him. <laughs> like, fair play to him. By calling him 60, and I don't think he's anywhere near that. But <laughs> maybe more to make us feel better than uh, to be truthful. That is um, an unbelievable feat, excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> that's, that's class. Uh, have we shared the link for his... Um, yeah, it's, it's UK yeah. Just Giving page, yeah. Yeah, it's Just Giving forward slash M Kang. It is in the description on the last podcast yeah. we put on on uh, Monday. He's raised so much money. I think, he, you know, I think he had 30 grand from Chelsea. Right? Yeah, well, that's from his total. But for just this one, I think he'd be around the 30,000 mark. Alan Shearer shared it earlier. Oh, wow. He was, on a, he was on Instagram Live with Susie Perry. And then I think they sorted out for Alan Shearer to retweet it and all that. And he's going to be on the pitch at the game as well. But I said to him, the worst part is going to be walking up the stairs to the away end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like 195 miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> incline. Yeah. Incredible. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, donate it, if you it, can. Uh, is, are we taking any inspiration? Are we going to do something like that? Um, you know? Our fitness uh, levels. Be inspired by money. You know what happened <laughs> though, wouldn't it? Like we'd say, oh, we'll walk to Newcastle. We'll go and do lost. the first day get hammered in some pub and the rest of it will just be us being sick in the canal, like on our hands and knees on that days. Exactly and we'll miss the game. <laughs> yeah. I have to give everyone their money back because, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why we lost the Grand Torino. Obviously, the race to Turin because we got, well, me, me, you and Bailey's got too drunk in Switzerland. We won in a car. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, let, let's concentrate on uh, the game, Jack. Do you see any changes? I mean, I imagine there's going to be people coming back in. Those changes are made against Brighton, I think, with Newcastle on the horizon. I mean, yeah, there's definitely going to be changes. Um, Neto, Sarabia, Samedo, I'm all expecting to come straight back in. I don't really know what to do about the Wang situation, really. I'm not really quite sure how we'll set up. Any of you guys, any ideas? Oh, it's it's be battle guarding, would it? I know, I know, Bell but guard. that doesn't really fill me with much, um, you know, 
much optimism, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, play Fraser but, with Neto and Sarabia either side. I don't, I don't trust I, Fraser. I Fraser, no. He's, he's, he's too young and it's, you know, away at a really, you know, Champions League, Premier League team. That's a hell of a, hell of a task in it. Like, so I, I think we're going to have to try and, you know, work with some square pegs round holes a little bit. And I think it might have to be quite a defensive setup. Dan, do you agree? I mean, it, five at the back obviously makes sense. It's, it's that front line. It, I think Sarabia maybe makes a case um, Neto coming in, offers well. a little bit more on the break. I, I, I'm not overly fussed now. Sod the league. Yeah. <laughs> there was a comment about this. There was a comment about this. Would you, would you guys <laughs> take falling down the league to get to an FA Cup final? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Give me 16th or 15th and the f- Cup final. I'll see you there. Well, we've got to win the final to get Europa it's, League. It's it, that's the thing. I, I'm torn between the fact. Obviously, I'd love an FA Cup final just for the experience. Albeit, you know, it, it, it will. It, it's unlikely that we'll still think we'll win it, even from this I, position. But I, I, I want that European thing. I need semi-final closure. I know you want closure, but yeah, I, I, I also want. I also want like at least three games away in. Moldova or wherever it might be in the, the uh, <laughs> Mickey Mouse Jack, I, so I, can deal, <laughs> I can deal with losing to City or Liverpool in a final if we get there. Whereas, so, I'd, Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, fan, yeah. I'd fan, I fancy it's on any day because I'm biased, but I think when you look at what happened to Watford when they got absolutely panned, was it 6-0 six, six mm. in the final? When the, in yeah, that wouldn't happen to us. That wouldn't happen to us. I don't think it would. It wouldn't happen to us under Nuno. Same would have won, but we wouldn't have got battered. We beat yeah, City twice that year, that season. Yeah, yeah. We beat them twice, so we'd have done better. But if we do lose, if we get if we get past Coventry, if we get to the semi-final, if we lose, I just hope we lose like 3-0. I can't handle another being 1 or 2-0 up and having the late goal. Like, I can't handle that. We need a bit of closure. I've never watched it back. I can't. I am. I, I just pause it though on the 75th minute and then turn it off. Leave it to now. <laughs> just be asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you squint during the final, then it kind of looks like the same colours as, as what we But yeah, so yeah. just on the question though, I'm, I don't know. I want to I want to do both. Why can't we just be greedy and get to an FA Cup final and get eight or seven? Steve yeah, in, but, the, in the comments says that. Why can't we have both? Yeah. On the game... I think it'd be a three-four-three. What we played away at Spurs, it'd be Belgard, Sarabia, and Neto as the three. Probably Neto for the middle, uh, or Sarabia maybe, and then the rest as as you were as the best it can be. But Doyle, I thought had a good game against Brighton, but I think he'll be the one that misses out, and it'd be Gomez and Amina in midfield. So interesting. But Newcastle, you know, they haven't been that convincing this year in the league, have they? So if we're, you know, they've got a few injuries. I fancy it. I really do, and. Yeah, I hope you know. I hope for Manny for more than anyone. In fact, he's at the walk there. I hope we can get Is he a walking result. Back? No, yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's I'm a new point there Obviously, we, we are slightly higher in the league. Uh, point in it, um, Jack. Let's do a score prediction. I, I would absolutely bite your hand off at one of those one ones we always seem to have with them. I think that'd be a great result, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Like it's this is we're getting to the stage now, particularly when we're playing teams around us and away from home, where just to keep us in, in with a shout, it's not a must win by any means, but they just do not lose this and a do not lose yeah. on Saturday would be great. Um Bayless, are you, are you crying out for a do not lose or do we do we wanna try and snatch something? Uh no. The rose tinted specs are very much on. They don't the, care. You're on. You're on the beach. Don't care. But I think realistically, we're going to lose two 0 up there. I think they they played a lot of games in a short space of time. This is the one that you let slide by, regroup, go again, 
this is a couple of nil loss. Um, Harry, you are shaking your head vigorously. Completely disagree. We're on a high. We're on a great run. Newcastle are struggling a bit. This is made for a 2-0 Wolves win. I'm, I'm feeling it. Last time I went to, to St. James, we won 2-0, and we're going to do it again. There you go. Um, I think this now we normally go and get some bets. I don't know if he has any ready. Do you, do you have some? Good, just make me a little faith. I captured Pat. It's taken me a bloody long time to get back out of central London, so I sat on the train and did some bets. Excellent. Um, Harry, you've got to go soon to get on your coach to get there on time. <laughs> <laughs> Wave to Manny on the way. I'll yeah. start with the negative. I did do a 2 0 Newcastle Isaac first goal, 35 to 1. It shows how favourite, how much of a favourite Newcastle are to win the game. I've got a few Wolves ones. A 1 0 Wolves, Bellegarde first goal, 75 to 1. It's heavy. Uh, Lamina first goal, 2-1 Wolves, 105-1. to Oh, see, that's my score. Like that. And just for Harry Mansell, oh. on his nine-hour coach to Newcastle and his nine-hour <laughs> coach back, Pedro Neto first goal, Wolves 4-1, 375-1. It's worth Oh, Harry. 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 Pay for the coach. That covers the coach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Um, We have uh, another special of the season for Jack now, who has a very, very special ticket news. Um, Yeah, not so much prepared, but all I've had today, and I think a lot of Wolves fans have been the same, is people Mm. asking questions about a possible... Wembley a game which might not even take place because we've still yeah. got to play Coventry first. So hey, I think we did first two we podcasts should... on a game that might not happen. So. <laughs> I, I think I think first we should. I, I think first week before even getting onto the subject of Wembley, we should talk a little bit about Coventry because as we mentioned, like just uh, or but you know previously, it's the best draw we could have had. Um, as we know, for ticket availability for that uh, cup games, get a higher allocation. So uh, the Coventry fans will get the steeple lower and the quadrant in the North Bank. So it would be around the you know best part of 5,000 tickets there, really. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I think that all these people who weren't that bothered about the midweek against Brighton will be very bothered for this game coming up against Coventry in FA Cup quarterfinal. And I include myself in that. Um, <laughs> so it'd be really interesting to see how it's uh, priced by the club because th- the reason there was a lot of empty spaces um, Last last night is because I think the pricing was was wrong. Really, I think up to thirty three pound in, in in some places, you know, in the in the steeple and the Billy Wright, when you know during a cost of living crisis, a, you know, FA Cup game midweek, um, that's more expensive than the average cost of a game on your season ticket. So um, it'd be interesting to see how they price it, but I can see this one selling like hotcakes, really. And there's already been a lot of discussion going on about when we think it will take place. Um, the games last time in the FA Cup quarterfinals, there was one on Saturday and three on the Sunday. I think it's safe to say that in between the, the picks for television coverage between BBC and ITV, we will be the last pick. It's definitely the least glamorous tie on, on paper. Man United and Liverpool will go to whoever has the first selection and probably be the, the Super Sunday-esque time, I'd say, possibly. Um, but but we'll see, I suppose, just because they were the times last time um, for, the, for the Cup games doesn't mean it will necessarily be the same. I know that I think Albion and Birmingham are both at home on the Saturday, yeah, so correct. it's unlikely they they'll give us a Saturday game if they if they can avoid yeah. it. So 
probably frees up the, the Friday night slot as a possibility, which I don't want because I'm going to the horse race in that day. <laughs> but <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll figure it out anyway. But um, well, yeah, there's going to be a lot of interest in this. <laughs> just, First just half after 15 host. Guinness. Yeah. Jack's going to bed. <laughs> so yeah, the other um, ones are Chelsea, Chelsea, Leicester and Man City, Newcastle. So I mean, I mean, for, for the neutral, they are... They are the glamorized, aren't they? I suppose um, for yeah. us, they're incredibly important. But, but yeah, the, the Sunday does seem seem the most likely. Um, I, I think there'll have to be a decision on that very soon because mm-hmm. um, it's only two weeks. So just you know, just over two weeks away when this get these games are taking place. So I think there'd have been meetings about that today, and I reckon we'll probably get an announcement tomorrow with the tickets going on sale pretty damn soon, really, to season ticket holders for for our game anyway, and. Uh, then we can sort of, yeah, take it from there. But, you know, quick turnaround. And I honestly think that the worst partnership in history between Wolves and Ticketmaster must be terrified of the fact they might have to try and shift 34,000 tickets for a Wembley game because it's going to be a shambles. And as I was saying earlier, I've had lots of texts already from family members and it was a big discussion in the group today, wasn't it, about um, loyalty points. And as I'll say it again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Coventry are a, a decent team. They, they they were probably quite happy with that draw as well, getting us when they could have had someone a lot oh, tougher. They will see it as a possibly winnable game. Some of the their their people on Twitter have sort of said, you know, they think they're a Premier League team in waiting. They're very hard to beat. They've only lost a handful. But at the same time, I think you look at how they've got there to that cup run. They've beaten Oxford, Sheffield Wednesday, and then Maidstone. It's, you know, I, I think they're in a bit of a false false position just due to a favourable draw, shall we say. So, but you know, you can't take it for granted. Do you want to talk about Wembley tickets or are we getting ahead of themselves? I was going to say, just on, Co- on the point of Coventry, you know, they've won, <laughs> they've drawn, drawn 12 games this season. <clears throat> it's a lot of games. Mm. And they've played, played 34, drawn 12 of them. I mean, it, you know, just over a third of your games. They're going to shit out it, aren't they? They're going to sit back. <laughs> the, that's a conversation the for next week. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going into it yet. Let, let's Sorry, chat, uh, can I just mention something? <laughs> Can I just yeah, mention yeah. something that's important? Because we've got Coventry on the 16th, the weekend of the 16th. The Bournemouth game's moved, hasn't it? So yeah. we'll have Cunha back for that potentially, which is quite a big key, a key thing. So we'll have Cunha back for the and, Bournemouth game whenever that's rearranged. And it means Bournemouth's 11 fans will have to travel up midweek, so there'll be six of them. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. So true. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like the Brentford fans, to be fair. And that was a very, very poor showing at Molyneux. Replay, what did you yeah. want to say? Anyway? What did you want to ask you, Sammy, about you saying Jack? Jack oh, I was going to say what? What, we, what did you want to say about Wembley? Uh, yeah. Nothing. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. We shouldn't talk about it. But if mm. you're looking at what the allocation was for the semi-finals last year for the uh, clubs participating, it was thirty-four thousand and goes down to about thirty thousand for the final. So if it were to happen, every season ticket holder would be guaranteed a seat. I'm not sure how many memberships there are, but I reckon a hell of a lot of members. You know, just by those maps, really, will you know? It's going to be nearly what um you know ten thousand tickets for, for members potentially um get a membership just for the semi-final so if if you know if you haven't bought a membership yet i think they're still on sale it might give you a chance but there might yeah. be a lot of people doing that in the same boat so a lot of people doing we'll it see. and a lot of people who have memberships that have maybe done a couple of cup games and then they have the points and it's obviously i think you'll be fine if you've got a membership and you've just even done one game already this season i think that puts you in a very strong position for at least a semi-final ticket of the game that might not happen yes Yes, yeah. we must. We must stress that this is this may all be. Actually, you know, it will happen. We just we just might not be there. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely going <laughs> to happen. Definitely. <laughs> happen. Yeah. Um, talking about um, 
Newcastle. Um, just previously, there's a former Newcastle Man City keeper, Shay Given, says Gary O'Neill, Harry, is in the shop window. He was talking on Match of the Day 2, and the panel was talking about Gary O'Neill guiding the team to 40 goals already, reaching the mark in 26 games, which is Wolves' fastest rate since winning promotion in 2018. The quickest they've hit 40 goals in the top flight campaign since 71 72. He obviously now has more wins than Lopetegui. Are you worried that someone may snap him up in the summer? I think he owes us one, so no. I think he's staying another year. He's grateful he got the opportunity, hasn't he? And obviously he's done amazing. I think the only job that would take him away is England, but I don't can't see that happening. It's too soon. Um, but yeah, he's done well. Look, look, our starting eleven is really good, but we've got a really small squad and he has done a fantastic job and he has improved players. So deserves all the plaudits he's got. And we mentioned that tough start. That Man City 2-1 win after Ipswich is so crucial. If we'd have got battered that game, he might not even be our manager now. With You've got to think back to the narrative around that Ipswich game. Yeah. I'd say about 70% of Wolves fans wanted him out. People can pretend they didn't, but they did. I can remember it. I just wanted him out after Brentford, yeah, and the Brentford replay. <laughs> Um, Dan, I mean, we're talking about him potentially moving on to a bigger club and it's amazing, isn't it? And it just shows what kind of coach that a lot of other people think that he is and we know him to be. And he still hasn't completed a full Premier League season as a manager. Yeah, I think if he is just going through the door into the shop window and he's almost there. I think if Wolves did do something special and got to a cup final or won a cup, all right, um, then he is very much in the shop window and he goes. One thing I will say, if we did do something ridiculous, which is all in all of our wildest dreams, and he did take us to a cup final or even got the cup, if he went off and took a job after that, cheers, mate. Build a statue. Thanks a lot. I agree. And the person that didn't want to get carried away five minutes ago is talking about building statues and winning the FA Cup. So. Dreaming's for free, Sam. Dreaming is for free. And it's the hope that kills you. Um, just thinking back now, just to this whole, this whole, you know, cup run, which, you know, you can't stop thinking about, but how important was that goal that Tommy Dore scored against Brentford when we were down yeah. to 10 men? Like that just goes to show we could have easily just turned over and like folded that game. I remember being there in the ground and before it, I wasn't too bothered really. It's just well, yeah, one of those games that, you know, if we go through great, if not, it's not the end of the world. But the way that game unfolded and, you know, we really had to dig in and put our backs to the wall. And that just made me uh, like, and I think the rest of the fans, the players really want to try and grind out, get through to the next round. And it's just snowballed, hasn't it? So we, it just goes to show really, you just got to, you've, you know, you've got to dig in. We straight through the replay. As well, we yeah. really. It was I, 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 know, way, I took a mate with me to Brentford. No, the, the replay at Molyneux. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But I'm just saying in general, like the way we did that game away at Brentford to get a one all with ten men from nine minutes or whatever. We were better I took a mate. Yeah, I took a mate with me. He was like a. He supports Charlton Athletic, right? He watches League One crap football time, and he was like, "Fucking hell, mate! I wish our team played like this." Like he was just into the fact that the players gave a shit, they tried and that's why it's good. Even though we scraped mm. through games and our performances aren't that great, they all care. That's that's the difference. Yeah, yeah I agree. Great. Yeah, and, and you, uh, for me, I it just to take me back, as I said before, to, to Shrewsbury in um, 2019, you know, when mm. you think exactly the same as what Jack said, third round games, fourth round games, Maybe a little bit different because obviously beat Liverpool in the third round, but they're, they're games where you go, oh, it's a nice to win, but I'm not really bothered if we lose. And then obviously it 
gets a little bit more serious and a lot more serious. And then, oh my God, we're talking about building statues, but uh, it, it certainly can snowball. Was it um, Bristol would be? Did Bristol have to shoot? Yeah. Bristol, Bristol away, then it was Man U. Yeah. 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 Sorry, just on Gary O'Neill, Sam, just before you move on. I thought his interview was really good last night after the game as well. Because obviously yeah. everyone was like, well, you know, Wembley, here we come type thing. And he would kind of give it the, you know, we can't over underestimate Coventry, look what Sheffield United did to us, which I thought was great. And Neto, Neto was yeah. the same. But Neto said, if we keep humble, feet on the ground, he knows we've got the group to get to the FA Cup final. That's what he said. So he's very confident, which is good to hear. And they're all confident. We've got a confident bunch and tight knit. Samado's interview, really good as well. Like You've got to admit, Gary, Gary O'Neill has really improved Samado as well for me. Really, so, totally, yeah, I totally so, agree with that. But so, I also think yeah. if you if you don't think you're going to win, then there's no point turning up. So, no, I agree. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, speaking of Neto, um, another week, another rumor. Um, Tottenham this time aiming for a wide forward, apparently, as their major summer signing, and they're either looking Jack at Neto or Eze at Palace. Um, those are apparently their two main targets, but the decision could be made for them because Man City are looking at Eze, which means that they may have to go for Neto. Um, me and Harry talked about that on the pod, and obviously we've done it in previous podcasts, but when you see these the, the team playing like they are and um, the players speaking about the manager in the way that they do, do you think that actually maybe secretly in the back of your mind you're thinking he, he would possibly stay and obviously it depends what we do at the end of the season but it, it just seems that it's it, you don't want to ruin a good thing uh, I'd like him to stay I don't think he'd be particularly unhappy if he stayed he seems to be liking it um, it, it, again it would be another situation where we'd want a, a lot of money and if someone came and put a massive wage on the table uh, where he could go and play Champions League football or similar then you know he's got to consider it but the other thing you've got to think of is if someone was throwing around 80, 90 million pounds, euros, whatever then it's a bit of a risk on a player who you know does get injured he's a bit injury prone isn't he so you, you yeah. know you don't really know and we, we've been really patient with him I think and he, you know he does owe us a little bit but I I, I, I don't know it's, we didn't get a lot of this just because he's you know, the amount of assists, assists he's got this season and it's going to keep happening and every time there's a post about it you get like Arsenal fans thinking he's going to go there and they just say oh yeah sign him up and like it, it's not it's not that simple but um you know, let's see where we are at the end of the season because if if we've if we won the cup and we're in Europe, then he might not want to go anywhere anyway, and it this might all just be hot air. So you know, we'll see. <laughs> I love getting too excited; it's amazing. And um, just finally, before we go, just when you think that you couldn't have loads of too like too much respect for someone like Kenny Jacket Harry, because I think we were talking about <laughs> the best managers. Um, you just have the utmost respect for him. He moves even higher up the notches when Jamie O'Hara comes out on a podcast this week and, and says that um, he, he was very nasty to him. Oh, that clip. Like, O'Hara was like, like, the money was on back then as well, which annoys me even more. He's on about 30 grand, 40 grand a week back then in League One. Kenny Jackie gives him one more lifeline, has a shocker. Obviously, Kenny Jackie goes mad at him, says, get your foot out. And he says, I ain't played for a year. So... You're a 40 grand a week, put a performance in in League One. You're meant to be a Premier League player. The bloke's a knob. And every time he talks about Wolves, he digs himself a deeper hole. Does, and I'm going to ring Talk Sport again and start shouting it. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but he, he is a knob, isn't he? He is a knob. It's as simple as that. Uh, to be honest, I loved his goal against Albion away. You know, that was a highlight. But as soon as he signed the contract and he weren't on loan, 
he was horrendous, and he's a disgrace of a footballer. He shouldn't have a he shouldn't have a job as a pundit. He's a he's a poor excuse as a footballer, and he's a he's a crap. He's a, he's, a team, he's, he's a professional. I've seen Kenny Jacket all day. Kenny Jacket's a legend, so it's yeah. it's classic. It's classic though, like player who was at a big club, so has a, a big club mentality but without the actual footballing ability to back it up. Because if he hadn't come from Spurs and wasn't known as that player on the fringes of, of the Spurs, Spurs Spurs squad, and he just, he, he'd have just played in, in the championship his whole career and nobody would know who he is he, now. He is. So he is just the, a cast-off. He? He's the total definition of all fart no poo, except for one goal away at the Albion. He, There's a little nugget, yeah. No, oh, no, yeah, no, he is, yeah. yeah I think like he's Jamie a- O'Hara. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I like that. I enjoyed that clip and um, obviously long live Kenny Jacket. And we we'll will leave it, it there. The leave it there for this week and say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Yes, goodbye. Uh, Captain Darling. Yeah, good evening, darling. <laughs> and Jack Williams. Yeah, bye. Come on, the walls. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.